Wilmington police say protests Monday remain generally peaceful, but say there were, quote, several agitators. Send me another unit, please. Send me another unit. A movement, I'm telling you, they're not going to stop. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. All right, welcome back to Into the Fray. Today I bring you part one of a three-part series. They can't say it, but I can. YouTube is so invested in censoring the topics that would most damage the tenuous hold the elites have on near total power right now that they will hard strike or outright nuke a channel just for mentioning them. Now, there's a difference between what content they'll quietly disappear and what they'll actually hard strike or nuke you for. That's how you know you've struck a nerve. Good news is, I'm not on YouTube. For this very reason. So, In this three-part series, we're going to cover all of the things the political and media elites and big tech oligarchs really don't want us to talk about. Let's start out with the depths to which their censorship, and the surveillance required for that level of censorship, has gone. Almost ten years ago, we learned from Edward Snowden that the NSA is bulk collecting all our internet and telecommunications traffic. Not long after that we started finding out that big tech is collecting and selling details about us and our lives. They're marketing our personal information for profit. Then, sometime around the 2016 election, we started to see that transform from surveilling and collecting our personal information for marketing to using it to manipulate us politically. From conventionofstates.com, an article published August 8, 2019. In Senate testimony this week, an expert witness, who is also a Hillary Clinton supporter, gave breathtaking testimony to the fact that in the 2016 election, Google helped steer between 2.6 and 10 million voters toward Hillary Clinton on Election Day. Robert Epstein is a former editor-in-chief of Psychology Today and a senior research psychologist at the American Institute for Behavioral Research and Technology. He testified last month before the Senate Judiciary Committee on the Constitution and his statements were as shocking as they were concerning. According to Epstein's research, Google's biased search results swung at least 2.6 million votes to Clinton. In a phenomenon he calls the search engine manipulation effect, Epstein argues that big tech algorithms are influencing the way Americans think and vote in ways that most people don't even realize. But it wasn't enough. Populism won out. When they saw they came up short, the left turned that same power to outright censorship. I've talked on here a few times about the study that showed censoring the Hunter Biden laptop story was enough to swing the 2020 election. The hot topic of the election was COVID. COVID was going to be the issue that would make or break Trump's re-election. They had to make the COVID situation as terrible as possible. Trump bumbled the whole thing and... Now you need to give us power to come and fix it. Except that Trump didn't bumble the whole thing. In fact, the places he did bumble are the places where he gave in to the left's narrative. The virus clearly did come from China. It's now appearing almost certain that it leaked from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. 
Turns out, hydroxychloroquine, in combination with a cocktail of other medications, appears to be extremely effective at treating early-onset COVID. And ivermectin appears to be extremely effective at treating entrenched COVID infections. Vitamin D, which you get naturally from exposure to sunlight, seems to be a key component in promoting the body's immune response to COVID. But the left's orders were to lock down inside your homes, away from sunlight and fresh air. There seems to be little to no transmission out in fresh air, and high rates of transmission indoors, but we were all ordered to stay inside. The virus is real, and is a serious problem, but the response was neither proportional to the threat, nor aimed to defeat it. Quite the opposite. The worse COVID became, the more the left could point the finger at Trump and say, See? He has to go. Put us in charge, and we'll fix it. And what do you know, as soon as they'd secured the presidency, as soon as they had secured the presidency, the pressure for lockdowns and mask mandates immediately eased. The facts and reason demonstrate that the left used COVID as a weapon against President Trump running up to the election. Why didn't we know more about the treatments the doctors were using daily? Why didn't we hear about the role of vitamin D and sunlight and the fact that we were safer outdoors than in? Why didn't we hear about the negative effects extended mask wearing has on our physiology? Because the information gatekeepers in tech and the news media blocked that information. Now it's going to a whole new level. From Politico. The Biden administration is casting conservative opponents of its COVID-19 vaccine campaign as dangerous and extreme, adopting a more aggressive political posture in an attempt to maneuver through the public health conundrum. Biden-allied groups, including the Democrat National Committee, are also planning to engage fact-checkers more aggressively and work with SMS carriers to dispel misinformation about vaccines that is sent over social media and text messages. Text messages are private communications. There's nothing public about a text message sent from one person to another. The political article tries to distance the White House and the Biden administration by casting this as done by Biden-allied groups. But who do they think they're kidding? The Democrat National Committee isn't exactly a loosely affiliated group right now. How do you feel about the Democrats pressuring telecoms to monitor your text messages? Oh yeah, and fact-check them. How exactly is that going to work anyway? If you text someone something about COVID that conflicts with the Democrats' narrative, is the recipient going to then receive a second text message fact-checking your text? To pile it on, Tucker Carlson had some fun revelations for us. In this country, in any free country, politicians are not supposed to be allowed to decide what you can see, hear, or talk about. They can't control what you read. Period. That's why the First Amendment. But they are, and they're doing it in much more aggressive ways than they've ever done before. We learned this year it was a lifelong Democratic Party fixer called Tony Andy Stone, who announced Facebook's decision last October to censor the New York Post's very accurate reporting on Hunter Biden. In August, it was Kamala Harris's former press secretary who announced Twitter's decision to censor a video clip of Donald Trump discussing the fact that actually COVID isn't really spread among kids very much. So those are people on the fringes of politics. Then just weeks ago, Tony Fauci's emails revealed that the Biden administration directly, the White House, 
had coordinated with Facebook to reduce the spread of, quote, misinformation, including by text message. This is ominous. Today we learned much more about it, about the crackdown on the most basic civil liberties we have, and it came straight from Joe Biden's top flack. It turns out the White House is now directing Facebook to censor specific posts that Joe Biden's White House doesn't like. We are in regular touch uh, with these social media platforms, uh, and those uh, engagements typically happen through members of our senior staff, but also members of our COVID-19 team. Uh, given, as Dr. Murthy Mur Mur uh, conveyed, uh, this is a big issue of misinformation, specifically on the pandemic. We've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook uh, that spread disinformation. Perfect thing. So they're actually controlling the White House. Politicians are controlling what you're allowed to read about COVID-19. And who knows what else? If you can stop misinformation on vaccines, what can't you do? This is the line that they're not supposed to cross. They're not allowed to do this. It's clearly a violation of the First Amendment. The White House isn't a private company. They're politicians. They're the government. And they're controlling what you can read about something that actually matters, by the way. How is this allowed to happen? Why is no one doing anything about it? We're going to cover COVID and the vaccine in part two of this series. Today, I want to focus on what they're doing to manipulate and control what information we get. A tweet from Glenn Greenwald. If you don't find it deeply disturbing that the White House is flagging internet content that they deem problematic, to their Facebook allies for removal, then you are definitionally an authoritarian. He's not wrong. The White House is flagging our content that they deem problematic. The White House is flagging dissent for removal from the internet, and big tech is obliging them. The White House and big tech are working together to suppress dissenting ideas and they are so confident they won't be held accountable that they're announcing it openly. In terms of actions, Alex, that uh, we have taken or we're working to take, I should say, from the federal government, uh, we've increased uh, disinformation research and tracking uh, within the Surgeon General's office. We're flagging problematic posts for Facebook uh, that spread disinformation. We're working with doctors and medical professionals to connect uh, to connected medical experts with popular with popular who are popular with their audiences with uh, with accurate information and boost trusted content. So we're helping get trusted content out there. We also created the COVID-19, the COVID community core to get factual information into the hands of local messengers. We, the executive branch of the federal government, are monitoring the content you, the average American citizen, post, flagging it for dissent, coordinating with the private sector to silence your voice, and we're pressuring online influencers to push our narrative. We live under an authoritarian regime now. We're there. We're not getting there. We're not getting close. We're not flirting with danger. We are over the cliff. The most glaring sign here is that they are not afraid of being held accountable. They are openly admitting their crimes. When a robber or a kidnapper doesn't bother to hide their face, you can draw a very concrete conclusion about how that interaction is going to end. But wait, there's more. Town Hall brings us a clip from Jen Psaki in the White House press room. Remember that when she says misinformation, 
At this point, what she's talking about are dissenting ideas. Uh, providing uh, for, for Facebook or other platforms to measure and publicly share the impact of misinformation on their platform uh, and the audience it's reaching. Uh, also with the public, with all of you, um, to create robust enforcement strategies that bridge their properties and provide transparency about rules. You shouldn't be banned from one platform and not others uh, if you are for uh, uh, providing misinformation out there. If you're banned on one social media platform, you should be banned on other social media platforms. And they call the right fascist. If you dissent, we will utterly wipe you from the public square. You and your unapproved ideas will be eradicated. This is what authoritarian governments do. This is the stuff single-party nations are made of. You know what nations are or recently have been single-party? North Korea. Iraq before we ousted Saddam. China, Soviet Russia, Cuba, Iran. Hmm, what do these places have in common? Wake up, everybody. We're one fabricated crisis away from either losing everything or going to war to save it. Our window to prevent both of those unthinkable outcomes is open now. It closes when they get that next fabricated crisis about things that are on Facebook. I looked this morning, uh, there are videos of Dr. Fauci from 2020 before anybody had a vaccine, and he is out there saying there's no reason to be walking around with a mask. So is the administration gonna contact Facebook and ask them to take that down? Well, first, I think what Dr. Fauci has said himself, who's been quite public out there, is that science evolves, information evolves, and we make that available in a public way to the American people. The science evolves? No. The science has always been the same. Either their understanding of the science has evolved, which demonstrates their fallibility and the necessity for the free and open exchange of ideas, or what they could get away with publicly has evolved. But the science hasn't changed at all. This is part of why it is so important that we have a free and open dialogue, and that we are free to make our own decisions on what is right for ourselves and our families. These jokers aren't omniscient beings with powers beyond our comprehension. They're flawed, fallible human beings like the rest of us, except they have the added disadvantage and handicap of loving power more than truth. About the science evolving, Facebook used to post, uh, used to block people from posting that COVID may have originated for a lab. That is something this president now admits is a possibility. So is there any concern that things you are trying to block or have taken down might someday turn out to be... We don't take anything down. We don't block anything. Facebook and any private sector company makes decisions about what information should be on their platform. Our point is that there is information that is leading to people not taking the vaccine and people are dying as a result. And we have a responsibility as a public health matter to raise that issue. The responsibility we all have, the government, media, platforms, public messengers to give accurate information. Go ahead. You just admitted the day before that you're flagging content for the social media giants to remove. And clearly you expect them to comply. She just got called on it, denied it, deflected with another lie, and then immediately moved the discussion on to another reporter. If you're not terribly familiar with Glenn Greenwald, he's the primary journalist who broke the Edward Snowden revelations. He's been an outspoken critic of government surveillance and censorship and a huge advocate for freedom of speech. 
maybe I just haven't seen enough of his Twitter activity, but I've never seen him pissed like this. Seriously, who the F is the White House to be dictating who should and should not be banned from social media platforms, to keep lists of who they think are the spreaders of misinformation, and then pressure companies they regulate to obey? This is pernicious-ish. Gotta keep it family-friendly. Then he posted a clip of the same briefing I just played. This is an exchange between Steve Ducey, maybe the only real journalist left in the White House press room, and Jen Psaki, the left's public apologist. And then speaking of misinformation and the announcement from yesterday, for how long has the administration been spying on people's Facebook profiles looking for vaccine misinformation? Well, that was quite a loaded and inaccurate question, um, which I would refute. Well, Peter, first of all, as you know, we're in, we're in a regular touch with with a range of media outlets. As, as, as let me finish. As we are, as we are in regular touch with social media platforms. This is publicly uh, open information. People sharing information online, just as you are all reporting information on your news station. Oh, it's okay because people are posting these things publicly online. They're targeting people for removal. The government is targeting people for removal. Jen Psaki is cunning. She loves to compartmentalize her answers to a single part of the point. She answers that the accusation of spying is a mischaracterization because the posts are publicly available, missing the point that the executive branch is monitoring our communications and targeting people for removal. It's not spying. It's publicly available information. We're not removing anything. That's the decision of these social media companies. Do you see how she separates the truth into its constituent parts and then lies about a part that is revealed as a lie by the other part? All to obscure the truth that the executive branch is monitoring and flagging the speech, the ideas of American citizens, and then pressuring tech companies and telecoms to remove them. You didn't miss the part about the Biden administration pressuring telecoms to monitor and fact-check our private text messages, did you? Your text messages to your wife, your kids, your friends. That's certainly not publicly available information. Watch for the compartmentalization of the truth. The left uses that tactic regularly. Okay, so these 12 people who you have on a list, 12 individuals, do they know that somebody at the Surgeon General's office is going through their profile? I'm happy to get you the citation of where that comes from. There's no secret list. I will tell you that these are people who are sharing information on public platforms on Facebook, information that is traveling, is inaccurate. Our biggest concern here, and I frankly think it should be your biggest concern, is the number of people who are dying around the country because they're getting misinformation that is leading them to not take a vaccine. Young people, old people, kids, children, this is all being, a lot of them are being impacted by misinformation. There's a lot to unpack there. I'm happy to get you the citation of where that comes from. That's not an answer. She didn't answer the question. Then she states, there's no secret list. Okay, well, there's something because you've openly admitted to monitoring people's online and text message communication, and you just said there's a citation to where his question comes from. She never answered his question whether or not the people being monitored know they're being monitored. I think we all know that there aren't any warrants involved here. They're just doing it. 
Then she goes on to claim that people are dying around the country because they've been misinformed and so won't get the vaccine. Who? How many people have died because they refused to get the vaccine? That is a very bold statement to make without backing it up. She says it offhandedly, as if it were so well known that it requires no supporting evidence. But it's not. In fact, I haven't come across evidence suggesting that anyone has died because they refused to get the vaccine. Remember her failure to provide any evidence here. It's going to come up in just a moment. The big concern, though, I think, for a lot of people on Facebook is that now this is Big Brother watching you. They're more concerned about that than people dying across the country because of a a pandemic where misinformation is traveling on social media platforms. That feels unlikely to me. If you have the data to back that up, I'm happy to discuss it. And there it is. If you have the data to back that up, I'm happy to discuss it. Where's your data that people are dying around the country? because they refused the vaccine. And I want to address the other elephant in her answer. Yes, 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 yes. Many of us are far more concerned about Big Brother monitoring and censoring our communications. That has a much further and much more destructive reach than any virus. But notice what she does here. She makes a series of sharp turns trying to add things together that don't equal the conclusion she draws. Steve Ducey's premise is that the American people are not okay with the government prying so invasively into our lives. She immediately deflects with, they're more concerned about people dying across the country because of a pandemic. Sharp turn, where misinformation is traveling on social media platforms. She makes it sound like people are okay with the violation of privacy because people are dying, and that people are dying because misinformation is traveling on social media. She makes it sound like a reasonable compromise. People have died, and, in far fewer numbers, are still occasionally dying from COVID. That part is true. Ideas that the executive branch has labeled misinformation are traveling on social media platforms, also known as dissenting ideas. So in a way, this is also true. She puts them together as if they're connected. She said herself, people are dying because of a pandemic, and then tries to connect where misinformation is traveling on social media. She just stated the death is coming from the pandemic. The misinformation statement is ancillary and tacked on knowing that most people will assume a connection because she included them both in the same statement. No. We are not okay with the government's surveillance, flagging, censorship, pressure on companies, any of it. And no amount of pandemic or crafty wordplay will change that. This is what they do, and it's only going to get worse. The Democrats are all in on controlling the spread of dissenting ideas. The Daily Wire reported what the Biden administration's Surgeon General said he's advising for tech companies. Remember, the federal government regulates these tech companies. So when they are advised, there's quite a lot of weight behind that. Where the Surgeon General uses the term misinformation, I'm going to clarify what that means. It means dissent. U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy issued an advisory earlier in the day and claimed at the press conference that we live in a world where misinformation, dissent, poses an imminent and insidious threat to our nation's health. 
our nation's health or the left's currently tenuous grip on authoritarian power. Murthy's advisory said that tech companies can assess the benefits and harms of products and platforms and take responsibility for addressing the harms. In particular, make meaningful long-term investments to address misinformation, dissent, including product changes. Redesign recommendation algorithms to avoid amplifying misinformation, dissent, build in frictions such as suggestions and warnings to reduce the sharing of dissent, and make it easier for users to report dissent. Give researchers access to useful data to properly analyze the spread and impact of dissent. Researchers need data on what people see and hear, not just what they engage with. Whoa. They want to track and record what information and ideas you've seen and heard. They're at the level of trying to track and control what ideas you've had contact with. This is total surveillance and total control. Again, don't forget they're not just talking about social media. They're engaged in monitoring your text messages as well. In-house, outsourced to telecoms, it makes no difference if it's being done by order or even just by pressure from the government. Back to the Surgeon General. Researchers need data on what people see and hear, not just what they engage with, and what content is moderated. Example, labeled, removed, downranked. Including data on automated accounts that spread misinformation. Now, I'm not going to correct that one, because there are a lot of trollbots on the web that actually are a problem. If Facebook wants to get rid of automated accounts, if Twitter wants to get rid of automated accounts, bots, there's nothing wrong with that. There is something wrong with the executive branch calling the shots. Let's go back. To protect user privacy, data can be anonymized and provided with user consent. Really? Because it hasn't been anonymized or provided with user consent for years now. Why would we expect that to change? Strengthen the monitoring of dissent. Platforms should increase staffing of multilingual content moderation teams and improve the effectiveness of machine learning algorithms in languages other than English, since non-English language, dissent, continues to proliferate. Platforms should also address dissent in live streams, which are difficult to moderate due to their temporary nature and use of audio and video. Wow, they are desperate to control the spread of information and ideas at every level. Maybe that's because the free exchange of ideas is the single biggest threat to authoritarian power. Prioritize early detection of dissent superspreaders and repeat offenders. Impose clear consequences for accounts that repeatedly violate platform policies. Evaluate the effectiveness of internal policies and practices in addressing dissent and be transparent with findings. Publish standardized measures of how often users are exposed to dissent and through what channels. What kinds of dissent are most prevalent and what share of dissent is addressed in a timely manner. Communicate why certain content is flagged, removed, downranked, or left alone. Work to understand potential unintended consequences of content moderation, such as migration of users to less moderated platforms. Yeah, that is the consequence of censorship. 
People don't like to have their First and Fourth Amendment rights violated, so they vote with their dollar and their patronage. That's one of the protections of the free market that you don't get under authoritarian rule. In the free market, if a business is doing something wrong, you stop patroning it and it dies. We've been permitting an unholy alliance between government and big business for so long now, they've been able to advance to legit authoritarianism. In a command economy, you don't get to walk away from bad, corrupt, or abusive businesses. Back to the quote. Proactively address information deficits. An information deficit occurs when there is a high public interest in a topic, but limited quality information available. You mean like all the information about COVID, masks, and the vaccines that they've been censoring? Notice that it's not limited quantity of information available. It's not that there isn't enough information. It's limited quality insinuating a lack of quality in ideas that don't adhere to the left's narrative. In other words, make sure we flood the space with our message so that people looking for information only get our message. Back to it. Provide information from trusted and credible sources to prevent misconceptions, or in other words, dissent, from taking hold. Amplify communications from trusted messengers and subject matter experts. Provide information to prevent misconceptions from taking hold. Amplify communications from trusted messengers. What better definition for propaganda could you ask for? They're talking about flooding the space with their narrative in order to drown out dissenting ideas. I have an idea. Don't amplify anything. It's not your place. Get out of it and allow us to seek out and judge valid information for ourselves. I know they look down on us, but politicians, bureaucrats, and tech moguls are not made of finer clay than the rest of us. If anything, they must be carefully watched and disciplined for abuse of their position and influence. Again, back to the quote. For example, work with health and medical professionals to reach target audiences. Direct users to a broader range of credible sources, including community organizations. It can be particularly helpful to connect people to trusted local leaders who provide accurate information. Prioritize protecting health professionals, journalists, and others from online harassment, including harassment resulting from people believing in dissent. That was kind of long. That took us a while to get through all that. So let me translate. Now keep this one short. Redesign platforms to identify and silence dissent. Conduct opposition research on dissenters. Punish dissent with labels by making it extremely difficult to find their content or by outright removal and social ostracization. Research public exposure to dissent to better understand how to quash it. Make sure we don't lose control via migration to platforms we don't control. Actively push our propaganda message to fill the void of the voices we've silenced and drown out the ones that remain. Create a class of experts who cannot be contradicted. What class of experts cannot be contradicted? Let's review the community guidelines provided by YouTube. YouTube doesn't allow content that spreads medical misinformation that contradicts local health authorities or the World Health Organization's medical information about COVID-19. That's one of your classes of experts who cannot be contradicted. 
we're now part of an authoritarian regime made up not only of leftist and establishment organized crime and the deep state bureaucracy, but also of the powerful heads of private leftist organizations. There's a new term coined by Jack Posobiec, the overstate. The deep state refers to the entrenched class of bureaucrats and managers within the executive branch departments of the federal government, the NSA, CIA, FBI, the Department of Education, IRS, etc. The overstate, as explained by Posobiec, is made up of elites who are not part of the official government structure, but who wield political power within that structure nonetheless. These are media moguls, the heads of Planned Parenthood, tech oligarchs like Gates, Bezos, and Zuckerberg, the heads of the major unions, especially the teachers' unions. This is what they think. This is Hella Thorning Schmidt, a member of Facebook's Oversight Board. And what we're trying to find, of course, I think many of us who are engaging in this conversation is that, is that middle road. How do you moderate content? And when, how do you find that balance between uh, human rights uh, and free, free speech, which is a human rights, uh, but also other human rights? Because obviously free speech is not an absolute human right. It has to be balanced with other human rights. And that is what the oversight is there uh, to do. Until now, we have seen uh, uh, content moderation, as I said, from a few, few select few in, in Silicon Valley, and ultimately Mark Zuckerberg, who's been moderating content. Now we have uh, the Oversight Board, which is a completely new invention, uh, to do this work. Um, and, and of course, I want to say that I think this is a very, very positive new way of doing it. Free speech is not an absolute human right and she's excited for this new apparatus to violate it. Last I checked, reporting on the revelations on Hunter Biden's laptop, the possible treatments for COVID, the risks posed by extended mask wearing, didn't fall into the category of inciting violence or panic. When they build a censorship apparatus and then say, free speech is not an absolute human right, what they're saying is, your right to free speech ends where we say it ends. We will determine what is approved speech and what is not. There's a reason freedom of speech and of the press is the very first entry in the Bill of Rights. Self-government requires a knowledgeable and informed populace. Without information, how are we to make informed decisions about how we live, how we raise our children, what government policies we do and do not approve? Why do you think ignorance and censorship are the hallmarks of authoritarian government? People who want to keep their power can't risk the spread of ideas. The free spread of ideas risks dissent. Neither the government nor these tech firms have the authority to censor ideas. Who will more carefully guard your safety and interests, you or someone trying to maintain political power? When bad ideas need to die, they need to die a natural death by our rejection of them, not by our betters deciding for us. YouTube's community guidelines have two subsections for misinformation, COVID-19 medical misinformation policies and elections misinformation policies. Three guesses what parts two and three of this series are going to be on. As I said earlier, we are now living in an authoritarian regime, but I have some good news. For the moment, they have only a tenuous grasp on their power. That's part of why they're so terrified. If they are given time to solidify their grasp, we are into generations of suck. So, what can we do now 
while we have this window of opportunity. One thing you can do is support and spread dissenting ideas and information that you believe are legitimate. And what's legitimate? Well, that's the point. That's a decision you have to make for yourself. That's a decision you have the right to make for yourself, regardless who's in Washington. So, till next time, be informed, stay safe, don't do anything stupid. Thank you.